Psalm 19, 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Exodus 20, 1 through 17. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet, covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us. As your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, let us hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. This weekend's impending snowstorm, which on Saturday morning, we're still not sure if it's going to happen, but we'll see, um, has made me think about some of the places that I've lived in my pastoral career. For three years, we lived in the mountains, and my Gilpin County friends are right now expecting three feet or more of snow this weekend. And it reminded me of one snowstorm that we had when we lived up there that drifted all the way to the tops of the windows in my Honda Civic. So it was, it was deep. Or it makes me remember our years of living in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where we lived out in the country on two and a half acres of just wide open prairie, no trees or anything to stop the blowing snow. 
I remember one visit that our family made down to Loveland, Colorado um, to see my parents at the time they were living there. And we had to drive back up to Cheyenne in treacherous weather. For whatever reason, we had two cars there, so Jimbo was in his truck and he was leading the way. As we crossed the Wyoming border and came to Terry Ranch Road exit off of I-25, um, in normal weather, it seemed like such a benign stretch of road, straight, steady, flat. But with the wind blowing, blinding snow at 50 miles an hour, it felt terribly curvy and hilly and dangerous. It felt like I was sliding off the road or that the wind was trying to push or pull me into a ditch. And the only thing that kept me going were the lights, the taillights of Jimbo's truck in front of me. Slow, steady, reassuring. During this 2021 Lenten season, we've been looking at the different promises or covenants that God has offered to God's people. We remember that the sign of the Noahic covenant is the rainbow. Oh, rainbow, over here. And that was a sign that God promised never to destroy the world in flood again. Last week, we talked about the Abrahamic covenant, that God promises home, family, and blessing. And the sign of that covenant was circumcision. And today, we look at the Mosaic covenant. Now, the Mosaic covenant is much more complex than the ones previous. The Mosaic covenant, which is sealed with Moses during his time on Mount Sinai, actually encompasses the exodus out of Egypt and the giving of the law. You actually need the first five whole books of the Bible, um, of the Old Testament, the, the Torah or the Pentateuch, to understand the collective nature of the Mosaic Covenant. It's very multifaceted. But at the center of it all is God's giving of the law. When we hear the Ten Commandments, as Holly so beautifully read to us just a minute ago, they seem powerful and final. It's the law God commands. But we need to remember that actually God gave many more commandments or laws um, some of us are participating in a Lenten study together, and the author of the book that we're reading, Amy Jill Levine, says that there are 613 commandments. So the Ten Commandments are actually just the first ten. But their primacy of place does lift them as vitally important. So how are we supposed to interpret these commandments as modern people with our own societal laws and rules? Should we post them in courthouses and in schools and watch out for commandment breakers so that we can punish them? 
Walter Brueggemann, one of my favorite Old Testament scholars, says that the Ten Commandments are so important because they are the proclamation of freedom and emancipation to the Israelites. He says that the first three commandments, if we're looking at the ten, the first three, named the emancipatory God. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord of the Exodus. I am the God who emancipated you. I am the Lord of new promises. This God who is establishing this covenant is different from Pharaoh and Egypt. God's trying to set God's self apart. And this God cares for you and wants you to be free. The middle commandments, commandments four and five, I suppose, say to honor God and to honor the Sabbath. And then with this revolutionary new strategy that God is presenting to the people, Brueggemann emphasizes that the last five commandments are to take the neighbor with utmost seriousness. So the last five commandments are all about the neighbor and treating neighbors with legitimacy and dignity and viability and especially disadvantaged neighbors, not to violate the neighbor for the sake of greed. The Ten Commandments, then, are really a set of guiding principles for how to be in community with God and with neighbor. They are sacred, important boundaries for how we treat God and others. And at the center of this is God's love for us. So much so that God wants us to love each other, to be guides for each other, leading each other through the treacherous journeys of life. I spent some time considering this idea of being guiding light for each other this past week as I put together the following video. In all of this last year, our community has remained strong, connected in so many ways, even if not in person for an hour on Sunday mornings. Because of you, I am better, a better pastor, a better person. Because of our relationships with each other, we are all richer. And that centers us in the love of God. For after all, we know that eventually... Jesus will proclaim to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself as the greatest of all commandments. Thank you, friends, for continuing to be light for each other on the journey. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.